Red flags. Red flags been used uh, in our country and our culture for honestly centuries. Uh, I mean, back even I don't know, back in the 1600s, ships would use red flags to signal different, you know, warnings and dangers and things like that. And uh, there, there's all sorts of, of, you know, different examples of us different, you know, over the centuries using red flags for. Uh, for different things, uh, you know, trains back in the 1800s, the, you know, people, if there was something uh, on the tracks, there would be people who would run down the tracks with waving red flags and the engineer could see there's something, there's something bad ahead, you need to slow the train down. Uh, race cars, you know, car races, I don't know how many, how many of you are into watching car races, but a red flag is different than a yellow flag. Yellow flag means there's a warning, you need to slow down, red flags means the race stops. We, we stop going anywhere when we see red flags. Red flags at the beach. Anybody ever go to the beach? You know what a red flag means? Red flag means the waves are much higher and much more dangerous. Those are my boys' favorite kind of flags when they go down the beach. I mean, when they were kids, that's what the first thing that they would see when they went to the beach. They would look to see if it was a yellow flag. It's like, ah, eh, the waves aren't going to be that great. There's a red flag. You know, people are like, hey, it's dangerous. My boys are like, awesome, because the waves are going to be like, you know, 10 feet high, and they're going to go jump them and all those kinds of things. So we, we, we kind of understand the concept of red flags. But nowadays, when you hear the phrase red flag, somebody says, that's a red flag. I mean, it, it's, it's not necessarily an actual physical red flag that somebody's waving. More often than not, we're, we use that phrase to talk about something that uh, is a warning sign, something that we should be concerned about, something that we should, you know, pay attention to. It's something we should stop doing or maybe consider not doing it's some kind of a some kind of a warning if you look on the internet you find all sorts of different reasons that people give you know red flags for um you know don't interact with these people don't go to that restaurant don't use this repairman it's a red flag and 
maybe those things are, are legitimate. Maybe somebody just got, you know, they're irritated by somebody else, and so they come up with some kind of red flag. But just, I just kind of just was surfing through the Internet and just finding different reasons why uh, people, you know, use the phrase red flag. So let me, let me give you a few that I, that I came across. Uh, people, who, people who put pineapple on their pizza, red flag, Okay. I'm not saying it, the internet said it, so take it up with the internet, it's not me. Um, let's see, people who wear Crocs to every event, red flag, red flag about those people. Uh, people who, who go to a movie theater for a three hour long movie and only buy a small popcorn, red flag, what is wrong with those people, you need the large, you know. Um, this is one, I hadn't even thought of this because this doesn't happen for me. But a hairstylist who doesn't take your pick afterwards, red flag. Is that a red flag? Is that true? I don't know. If they, will, if they don't take your picture and go, oh, look how cute you look, then that's a red flag. I don't know. I, that wasn't a red flag for me, but apparently it is. A repairman, a repairman who is disappointed in the previous repairman's work. In other words, somebody's like, oh, look what they did. I can't believe that somebody did this kind of craftsmanship. Look how, look how bad that is. That's a red flag because why? Because you're about to get charged a whole bunch of money, right? So if somebody, if a repairman is complaining about the previous person's work, that's a red flag. I'll tell you one that I experienced personally. Um, years ago, uh, when I was with the Southside Church over in Rogers, we had a guy that was going to church with us who was, at the time, who was an undercover policeman uh, for the Rogers Police Force. So there were lots of different situations where he would be in a lot of different restaurants because there were illegal things that were happening in certain kitchens and certain restaurants around the, the Rogers area. And so there were a bunch of us guys that, you know, once a week or once every couple weeks we get together for lunch. And if we kind of sent out the text or the email and said, hey, here's where we're going to meet for lunch. If he said, ah, I don't want to go there, red flag. Because <laughs> either... He had seen how unhealthy it was in that kitchen or some really illegal things had happened or were going to happen in that particular place and we weren't going to go there. So we, you understand we got these red flags, we got these, these warning signs. And, and it's been this way for a long time. And maybe we haven't used the phrase red flag you know, that often, but we understand people giving us warnings or, or maybe just seeing things that should serve as warnings for us. I mean, if you go back through Scripture, there's red flags throughout Scripture. The very first book of the Bible has red flags in it. You got this guy, Abraham, and he's taking his son, Isaac, and, and they're, gonna, they're supposed to go make this sacrifice. And he's got wood, and he's got, uh, you know, stuff to light the fire with, and he's walking with Isaac, and Isaac is even like, hey, we've got wood, we've got fire starter, we don't have anything to put on the altar. And his dad, Abraham, is like, ah, we'll be fine. That was a red flag, because if you don't know the story, Isaac was supposed to end up being the sacrifice, right? But Isaac should have figured that out. Red flag, we don't have anything to sacrifice. Okay, so Samson, you know Samson, a really big, strong guy? He's kind of in this relationship with a woman named Delilah. And she asked him three different times, how can somebody sap you of your strength? How can your strength be made to go away? Three times. And every time that he tells her, she ends up trying to do it so that his enemies can come running into the room and kill him. Three times. Red flag, right? 
Maybe there's something unhealthy about this relationship, but he keeps telling her every single time, and he stays in that relationship. There's a guy that we've talked about multiple times named David, and before David became king, he kind of, you know, worked for, uh, was a soldier for, and also a, a heart player for, the current king, whose name was Saul. Saul took it, got jealous of David, took his spear, and tried to pin him to the wall twice. And then after that, he kind of sets up this scheme where he tells David, hey, you can marry my daughter if you go get the foreskins, which is really gross, of a hundred different Philistine uh, soldiers. And David's like, oh, I can go get 200. And so he goes, and Saul's whole thinking was, he'll get killed by all these guys that, that, he's, trying to, that he's trying to kill. And, you know, David ends up getting it anyway. But, but even after that, David marries Saul's daughter, and then uh, Saul sends soldiers to David's house to try to kill him. And, and his daughter even says, David's sick in his bed. And so he's like, bring the bed here. I'll kill him while he's laying in his bed. Red flags. This is not a good in-law relationship. There's a, guy, there's a guy years after David who was king. His name was Joram. And Joram was a bad dude. And there was another guy named Jehu that gets anointed king. And, and part of his job in becoming king is to get rid of the current king, Joram. And he's riding in his chariot with a huge army following him, heading to the palace where Joram is. And Joram has these lookouts, and they see these soldiers coming. And he's like, well, go find out what the deal is. And they send a soldier out, and he asks Jehu, are you coming in peace or not? And Jehu says, I just get behind me. And he does. And, and so the lookout says, well, he got there, but then he joined up with him. He's like, well, send somebody else out. And he sends another messenger out. Same thing happens. That guy just ends up joining in the army, now coming to attack the palace. Red flag, Right? Instead, what does Joram do? Joram's like, well, then I just need to go out there. And he rides out in his own chariot and ends up getting killed. He didn't pay attention to the red flags. You see what I'm saying? There's all sorts of, of situations, even in Scripture, where we can look at it. And, uh, uh, of course, we're looking back and going, you should have paid attention. But we can see red flags. We have all sorts of red flags in our lives. Warning signs. Don't buy this product. Don't go there. Don't hang out with these people. Don't do this with your money. Don't invest in that. We have these red flags. But what about when it comes to our relationships? What about when it comes to friendships and people that we're dating and friendships and even, even in our own families and our own, in our own marriages? Are there warning signs? Are there warning signs that maybe something in that relationship is unhealthy? That maybe we're heading towards a hurtful situation? That maybe we're heading towards something that's going to be painful for us? Something that's dysfunctional? Something that's going to cause uh, even more problems down the road? And whether, whether it's our family dynamics, whether it's, whether it's the relationship with my spouse, whether it's a friendship, a person I'm dating, there are often red flags I need to pay attention to. There's potential problems on the horizon. There's things I need to be, that I need to be paying attention to and, and, and circumstances that I may, may need to have open eyes towards because something's going to need to change. Something's going to need to be different. Otherwise, I'm going to find myself in a world of hurt. And I would imagine, I would imagine if we ask right now, what are just, what are just some red flags uh, in, in relationships that you can think of? I bet we would get a whole bunch of different answers. I mean, if you went on our Facebook page right now or on our YouTube channel and just in the comments started putting, just started typing out, here's a red flag that, that I didn't pay attention to in a friendship. Here's a red flag I didn't pay attention to when I was dating this person. Here's a red flag that, 
that I should have paid more attention to in our family that ended up becoming a problem? We'd have a whole bunch of different answers. And I just, I, I, I want to share with you just a handful this morning that I think are, are kind of more common red flags in our relationships. And one of them would be like dishonesty and, and, and distrust. Whether it's, whether it's somebody that, that uh, I'm friends with that is, you know, being completely dishonest with me, that, that I can't trust at all, whether it's a, it's a family member who manipulates everybody else in the family to do what they want, who never is completely honest with everybody, never completely open with everybody, has something that they kind of keep hidden, maybe even from their own spouse. When I got friends that act one way around me and act a different way around other people, they gossip behind my back, or they're consistently breaking promises, that, that distrust, that dishonesty, that's a red flag. There's probably bigger problems on the horizon if I start paying attention to those things. Maybe it's I'm in a relationship with somebody who hurts my self-esteem, who, who hurts me uh, emotionally, who makes me feel bad about myself. And that could be somebody that I'm in a dating relationship with. That could be a friendship. That could be a parent. That could be a spouse who says things that are, that are hurtful, who does things that, that, are, that are hurtful to me that make me feel bad about myself. And maybe it's criticism. Maybe they're always criticizing what I'm doing or how I'm handling certain things. Maybe they're, they're constantly judging me or, or, or just talking about how much better they are at, at something than, than I am or how, better, how much better somebody else is at something than I am. Maybe they're constantly bringing up past mistakes and bringing up different flaws and, and failures in my past, and I can't seem to get past those things because they keep bringing it up. And they're causing me to feel less value. They're causing me to feel less important. And if that is a consistent part of that relationship, no matter who that connection is with, that's a red flag. That something, something's not right about that relationship. Something needs to be done. Something needs to be addressed. Maybe it's conflict. Conflict can be a red flag. If we're, if, I mean, in any relationship, if you're in a relationship or connection with any person for an extended period of time, there's going to be conflict. You got two people with two different personalities and, and maybe different life experiences and totally different perspectives who are trying to be in this connection with each other. There's going to be conflict. But if there's, if there's constant conflict, if I'm constantly fighting with that, that one person in my family, if this friend and I are, are constantly getting into arguments, we're losing our temper with each other, if my spouse and I can't seem to get through a single conversation without it turning into an argument... That's a red flag. That's a warning that something's not healthy in that relationship. Something needs to be addressed. We need to do something different. We're not designed to be constantly fighting with other people. We're not designed, to, especially the people that we're in, in relationships with and, and connected to somehow, we're not designed to constantly be in conflict with those people. And something needs to be changed. Maybe it's just time or lack of it. Time and focus. If I got a friend who, who never wants to spend time with me, who always seems to be busy and always seems to have something else to do, if I've got a family member uh, who is always, you know, focused on work or on school or always focused on their phone uh, or, or always off, you know, by themselves and never spending any time with me or the rest of the family, if it's my spouse who is never home, who would rather spend time with their friends than they would with me, who is always in an opposite room in the house or at least an opposite end of the couch and we don't ever have any interaction with each other, 
Those are red flags. Those are warning signs that this is not a healthy connection. This is not a healthy relationship. And again, the list could go on and on. And if, if, if I asked you, you could come up with other ones. Or maybe even I've, I've triggered some thoughts in your own mind about some of the relationships that you have right now. And you're like, you know, I haven't been paying attention to some of these, some of these warning signs. And so what we're going to do for the next few weeks is talk about some of the more common relationship red flags, the warning signs that we see uh, in, in our relationships that are more common to a lot of us. And we're going to talk about why some of those issues are there and what we need to do about that particular situation in that particular relationship. But this morning for a few minutes, I just want to share some things that, that we can do no matter what the red flag is, no matter what the relationship is. These, this is kind of where we start. This is where we get the ball rolling. This is where if I recognize this, this relationship with my spouse, this relationship with my kids or my parents, this relationship with my siblings, this relationship with this person that I'm involved with right now, this friendship has got some warning signs. There's some things that, that I'm looking at going, there's a potential problem here. What do I need to do? What do I need to do about that? How can I make that situation better? How can I start to deal with it in a healthy way? I want to talk about that for just a few minutes this morning. The first thing, the first action that I need to take, that may seem the simplest and may, may even be the toughest, the toughest thing for some of us to do, is to stop ignoring the red flag. And that sounds so simplistic. And that sounds like, well, duh, of course you don't ignore the red flag. And yet so many of us do, myself included. I, that I, I see a potential problem. I see that there's something wrong, that there's something that needs to be addressed, but I pretend that there's really no issue. I, I convince myself that it's not that big a deal. I, I, just, I, I just ignore the problem. If I ignore it long enough, it'll go away. Or I justify and say, I, it's, it's not that big an issue. You know you get those warning signs on the dashboard of your car? Anybody ever get one of those? How many of you are the kind of people that address the situation right then? You are not my people. <laughs> I have a history of driving for days, months, eh, maybe even a couple of years with that warning sign. If nothing happens, eh, it's just a light that's on on the dash. I mean, it's just, you know, it's no big deal. Until what? Until it's a big deal, right? Until something happens, until something breaks, something falls apart. But I have a history of just ignoring it and saying it's not a problem. And, and the, the reason I bring that up is because some of us act the same way when it comes to our relationships. There's warning signs. There's things that are happening. There's, there's distrust. There's broken communication. There's anger. There's, uh, we're not spending time together. Whatever it is, there's something that's showing us. This is a warning. There's things that need to be different. This is going to break. Ah, I'll be fine. Not that big a deal. Solomon, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, said this in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. He said, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. When I see danger on the horizon... Do I start to take shelter? Do I start to do something to deal with that particular danger? Or do I just keep going and say, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it's no big deal. I'm sure it's not going to be a big problem. If I'm in a relationship with someone who is constantly losing their temper, someone that I really can't fully trust, someone who is completely self-absorbed and self-focused, someone who is abusive, folks, those are red flags. 
And I need to stop ignoring them. I need to deal with them. Number two, I need to think clearly. I need to think clearly. And sometimes when I see something that's unhealthy in a certain relationship, when I see uh, potential problems in a relationship, I let my emotions dictate my actions. And I let my heart dictate what I do about that particular situation. Usually in one of two ways. One way is that I, I, I tend to let how I feel about that person and, and maybe even more so how desperately I want to hang on to um, that connection that I ignore the warning sign. I dismiss it. I justify why they are acting that way and why I'm okay with it. And I say things like, it's no big deal. Everybody has these problems. He's always been that way. That's just the way she is. And because I want so desperately to hold on to that relationship, I allow that emotion to cloud my thinking and to dictate my actions. Or it can be the other way, where I am so bothered by whatever the problem is, I get angry and I get frustrated and I convince myself that there's nothing that can be done to fix a problem. Well, we're just done. Just in that relationship, just done. I'm walking out, I'm done. We can't fix it. We can't do anything about it. It's just over with. Why? Because I'm angry and mad and frustrated. And it's not sinful, it's not wrong to be angry and mad and frustrated. But what do I allow that anger and frustration to cause me to do? And when I see a warning sign in a relationship, I I need to stop and take the time to think clearly about the relationship. And don't just let my emotions take control. I need to understand what the real problem is and what the root of the problem is and start thinking about how to deal with it and not just let my emotions dictate my actions. Jeremiah, or God through Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. My heart, my emotions can cloud my thinking. My heart can confuse me about what I need to do next. I need to, I need to have open eyes to see the red flag, but I also need to have open mind to think about how I want to deal with it. So I stop ignoring it. I start thinking clearly. And then number three, I need to communicate. I need to use my words. I need to talk with my friend. I need to talk with my spouse. I need to talk with that family member. I, I, I need to communicate about what it is that I'm seeing. Maybe I'm seeing something that they're not. Maybe I'm sensing something, feeling something that isn't, that isn't a red flag. Or maybe it is for me and they don't realize how big the problem is. They're not seeing it that way. I need to talk about that. We need to communicate about that. And if we don't address it, if we don't talk about it, it's going to continue to be a, a problem. It's going to get worse. I need to actually spend some time communicating about that so that we can deal with it and do something different. Going back to Solomon again, the book of Ecclesiastes, in chapter 3, Solomon lists this whole just list of things, that, different things that it's a good time to do this in our lives. And maybe it's a time not to do this thing. Do this on these occasions. Do this on these occasions. Don't do this on these occasions. Don't do this on, on those occasions. And in chapter 3, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 7, uh, Solomon says, you know, there's times, there's a time to be silent. And there's a time to speak. 
There are times when I need to keep my mouth shut and not offer my two cents worth and not offer my opinion. But there's a time when I need to speak up. And folks, when I see red flags in a relationship, that's the time to speak. Not that I constantly complain and not that I constantly whine, but that when I see a problem and I see the potential, the potential problems on down the road in this relationship, I need to talk about that. I need to address it. I don't need to just sit and stew and hope that things get better. I need to communicate about it. Number four, I need to make a plan. It does no good to recognize a problem and talk about the problem and then not make a plan on how to deal with the problem. And yet, that's one of the more common issues that a lot of us have. We see the red flag. We see the, the problem in our communication and, and being self-absorbed and being, and being in constant conflict. Whatever the issue is, whatever the warning sign is, we see it. We even talk about it with our friend. We talk about it with our family member. We talk about it with our spouse. We have communication about it. And then we're like... Glad we did that. Glad we talked about it. Phew, don't you feel better? Yeah, me too. And we don't actually do anything to address it. We don't make a plan for how we're going to do things different. We feel really good in the moment because we actually communicated about it. We saw it. We talked about it. We thought clearly about it. Great. What's the plan? Because it doesn't do us any good to not have a plan of how we're going to deal with this warning sign. Maybe we need to talk about it more. Maybe we need to change some habits. Maybe we need to get some resources. Maybe we need to go to counseling. Whatever it is, what's the plan? How are we going to do that? How are we going to deal with it? I may need to even make a plan, especially if it's a friendship or a dating relationship, but how I'm going to set some boundaries. Some things are going to change in this relationship. That relationship may even need to come to an end. What's the plan? I see the warning sign. I see the potential problems. What's the plan for dealing with it? Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 2, Desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? I can have the desire. I can want things to be better. I can want to improve this relationship. I can want for, for things to, to improve and, and for us to have this healthy relationship. That's awesome. That's a great desire. It's a great goal. But without knowledge, without thinking about it, without communicating about it, without making a plan for accomplishing that, it does no good. And hasty feet, people who just move quickly, like move past the planning stage, they miss the way. Recently, my wife Christy and I, we're on a trip, and we decided to go uh, from where we were staying and go to this restaurant that we knew was within walking distance. And usually, I'm looking ahead of time on, you know, the map app or whatever. Like, I've, I've already decided, like, this is the direction they're going. I didn't do that this time. She thought I did, and I didn't. And so we walk out of our, walk out of our room, walk out, and start going down the sidewalk. And she's like, well, you know, where are we going? I'm like, I don't know, that way. I know it's that direction. What do you mean? Did you not look at a map ahead of time? No, I just, it's, we'll, we'll find it. It's that way. And we walked, and we walked, and we walked. We ended up walking twice as far as we needed to. You know why? Because I didn't make a plan. I had the goal in mind. We knew where we wanted to go. We knew what we wanted to, what we wanted to eat when we got there. We knew all those things. We didn't make a plan for how to get there. 
We really wanted to get to that restaurant. We really wanted to eat. We really wanted to walk there instead of drive. All those things were great, but didn't make a plan. And if I see the warning signs in my relationship with this other person, and I want things to be better, I, 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 I want to improve, I don't make a plan for that, I'm not saying we can't get there, but it's going to be a whole lot more difficult. So I see the warning signs, I, think, or I stop ignoring them, and I think clearly, I communicate and I make a plan, and then I take action. And again, this is kind of like making a plan. I actually have to do something. I actually have to take action. There, there needs to be something that, some kind of follow-through, something that I actually do. I mean, if we've communicated about it and we've made a plan for what we're, we're going to do, then I need to actually do those things. And again, this may be one of the tougher parts. If we make a plan, we say, here's the habits I'm going to change. Here's the things I'm going to do different. I actually have to do those things. Actually, I have to follow through on those things. There needs to be some accountability there. There needs to be the ability for this person to go, hey, these are the things you said you were going to commit to in our relationship. These are the things you said were going to be different. And here we are two weeks down the road, and nothing's changed. I need you to do what you said you are going to do. And I need to expect that from the other person as well. Here's the things you communicated to me that you're going to do different, that we're going to work on together. But we're not actually doing those things. And we can talk about it, we can see it, we can think about it, we can make a plan for it, we can talk about it. And it doesn't matter if we don't actually do what it takes to deal with the issue. Does that make sense? There's a story that many of us, if we grew up in the church, we grew up hearing probably multiple times. A story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15. It's a story that a lot of us call the prodigal son. This is father and son relationship where the son decided he didn't want to live under his dad's rules anymore. And he gets a bunch of money from his dad and he takes off to live life on his own. And he goes a long ways away and he basically wastes all the money and loses all of his friends and loses any kind of status in society that he had. And he finds himself just feeding pigs for a living. And being so hungry, so destitute that he's envious of the garbage that the pigs are eating. He's looking at that and going, man, that looks really good. I wish I could have that. That's how bad his life has become. And if you keep reading that story in Luke chapter 15, you find him starting to, starting to th think clearly. I, I don't know if there's any warning signs for him to see. He, is, he has hit rock bottom. And he starts thinking about what could I do different? How do I improve my situation in life? And he starts remembering how good things were back home. And not just for him, but even for the servants in his father's house. They had a better life than what he has now. And so he comes up with this plan. He thinks about it. He comes up with a plan. And he says, you know what? I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask my dad. Just I won't even ask to move back into the house. I won't even ask to be considered one of his kids again. Just make me a servant. Just make me one of your employees. Fine. That'll be better than what I got right now. And maybe he'll let me do that. And so he, he sees the situation that he's in. He thinks about it and he talks to himself about it and he makes a plan for it. And there's one key verse that I want you to see in that story this morning. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 20. It says, so he got up and went to his father. And it seems like just a simple sentence, and as you're reading through the story, it's probably the one sentence that you pay the least amount of attention to. But it's a very important piece, because he actually took action. 
He saw the situation that he was in, and he wanted to do something different. He made a plan for it. But if he wanted to, he could have kept just sitting there in the pig pen wishing that things were better. He could have made a plan and said, you know what, things are better back home. And if I went back home, I could probably ask. My dad would probably give me a job. That would be a really good plan. And then keep sitting there and doing nothing. And if that was the case, we would look at him and we'd be like, that's just dumb. You've got a plan. You know what to do. You know how to fix it. Go do it. And yet that's where a lot of us find ourselves. In our relationships. That are broken. That need some tweaking. That need an overhaul. We see it. We've thought about it. We may even have talked about it. We may even have a plan for how to improve it. And we don't take action to do anything. This boy got up and went to his father. Was it hard? I would imagine so. Did he pause every once in a while and think, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe this isn't the best idea? Probably. Did he walk slower at certain points as he's walking back on that journey back home and think, maybe I should turn a different way? Maybe this isn't going to go the way that I wanted to? Perhaps. But he took action. And he kept going. And if you know the story, his father met him on the road and welcomed him back home. That part of the story wouldn't have happened if he hadn't taken action in the first place. There's all sorts of red flags in relationships. There's all sorts of, of warning signs that, that maybe some of us have been ignoring for a long time that need to be addressed. And all I want to do this morning is try to, try to help us get some tools in our tool belt, help us start to learn how to actually see those things and start addressing them and doing something about them. We need to stop ignoring the warning signs. We need to think clearly and not allow our emotions to cloud our judgment. Think what, what needs to be different, what could be different. We need to talk about that with that other person. We need to have some communication. As difficult as that might be, we need to sit down and talk about it. We need to make a plan for it, for what we're going to do next. What's going to change? What resources do we need? What help do we need? What mentors do we need? What counseling do we need? What is it? Let's make a plan and then let's do it. Let's take action and move forward. Let's not leave here this morning doing what I typically do when I see the warning signs on my dashboard. And just keep driving and hope for the best. Let's take action today. Whatever that needs to look like. And I'll say this. We're going to talk through um, a few more specific um, red flags over the next few weeks. And I, I hope you'll be here. I hope you'll bring other people along with you that, that may, maybe it's coworkers, maybe it's neighbors, maybe it's friends that you have that you know there's some warning signs in their relationships. They've, they've talked about that with you. You can see it, uh, you know, from the outside. Maybe, it's, maybe your relationships are all healthy and, and doing great right now. Awesome. I guarantee you, you know somebody who is struggling right now. Invite them to, to be here or to watch this online because we're going to go through some of these together for the next few weeks. This morning, I just want you to know 
what some of those are and how to start dealing with some of them. And I also want you to know that this church family is here to help. That if you're sitting there this morning and you feel like I'm the only person who has this particular red flag, this particular warning sign, and all these other people around me, their relationships are all great and healthy and, and everything is going fine. Trust me, that's not the case at all. And even if things are going good in, in many of our lives right now with all of our different connections and all of our different relationships, we've been there. This is not a group of perf perfect people. This is a group of imperfect people with a perfect Savior. We've all made mistakes. We've all ignored warning signs. We've all had relationship issues. We all have. All we want to do is help each other, help you do something better, experience something better and more healthy. A few years ago, my wife and our friend uh, Aaron were driving to one of my boys' football games, heading down the interstate. And we're talking, we're laughing. It's the end of the day. It's Friday afternoon. We're, you know, probably running behind, or at least I was driving like we were, even if we weren't. And, you know, we're just heading down the interstate, and you have those times where maybe, maybe there was a wreck on down the road, or it was just, you know, a lot of traffic merges, so traffic had really slowed down. And I don't remember, I mean, I consider myself, those of you who have let your kids drive with me, I've really considered myself to be a safe driver. I've, I, um, it, it was just one of those moments where I just, I was, it wasn't that I wasn't watching the road, but I wasn't watching right here in front of me. Does that make sense? I, was, I know I was looking off in a different direction. Traffic had stopped. And I'm going really fast down the interstate and just not paying attention that this car, not very far in front of me, is no longer going forward. And I'm flying, and I'm kind of looking in this direction. Aaron uh, is riding shotgun, and all of a sudden he's like, look out, look out. That's all he said. And I was like, oh, and I slammed on the brakes, and I swerved. Luckily, you know, we're on the, the inside lane. I just move over to the shoulder and go past three or four cars that had all stopped. I know, I know. There was a potential problem. There were brake lights. There were warnings. And I wasn't seeing him. I'm glad that he spoke up and said something before things got a whole lot worse. I share that with you this morning as we're wrapping up because I want you to know there's no judgment here at all. This church family just wants to help if we can. And sometimes it takes somebody else to say, hey, I love you, but I see this red flag in this relationship. How can I help? And if you see it and you need help with it, you're welcome to ask. And I won't guarantee that we'll have all the answers, but we'll walk with you through it until we get to the destination together. So we're going to sing a song together about offering ourselves to God first and foremost. And allowing him to work with us in our lives and our relationships. And as we're singing that song, when we stand together and we sing, if in this moment right now, if you recognize there's, there's been a warning sign in this particular part of my life for a while. And I need help with it. You're welcome to come forward and share that with us. And we'll do whatever we can to help. We will pray. We will offer assistance. We will offer guidance. We will offer counsel. Whatever we can do. To move you past that warning sign.
We want to help if we can. Let us know how. While together we stand and sing. My heart, my mind, my body, my soul, I give to you. Take control. So listen to our hearts. 
morning. All right. Uh, this morning, as Marshall talked about red flags and relationships, uh, uh, it reminds me of uh, back in Jesus' life when, uh, when he knew a guy named Judas, and Judas actually betrayed Jesus. And, uh, and even though he knew Jesus was going to betray him, uh, he still died for our sins anyway. He died for, Ju- he died for Judas, uh, even though he knew that. Romans 5.8 says... But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we, are still, while we are still sinners, Christ still died for us. Hebrews 10.10 says, And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Will you pray with me for the bread? Dear God, thank you for the sacrifice you've made during your time on earth for us. Even though we never deserved the opportunity you've given us, you still did anyway. Thank you for the body you sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. O Lord God of Israel, there's no God like you in heaven or earth below. O Lord God of Israel, there's no God like you in heaven above. You keep your covenant of love. Your Keep your covenant of love. 
your covenant of love. Oh Lord, there is no God like you. Pray with me for the juice. Dear God, um, even though we didn't deserve what you did for us, you did it anyway. You gave us that second chance. Um, thank you for the blood you shed and forgive us for all of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. As morning dawns and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter light. nothing has the power to say but your name Jesus in your name we pray come and fill our hearts today Lord give us strength to live for you and glorify your name your
silence. The silence scared everybody, right? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Hey, I just have one announcement before Reagan gets up here and uh, gets us ready for closing. But uh, next Sunday is the Super Bowl. I know all of you have been watching. I heard I was supposed to say go Chiefs, right, Lori? Yeah, but uh, uh, as tradition, it's been a while since I think we've done a couple of years because of COVID and other things, but uh, we're going to go back to the Super Bowl Sunday. Since we know you're going to eat horribly on during the Super Bowl with pizza and little Smokies and wings and all that stuff, uh, it's a Super Bowl as in soup. We'll have soup and salad here at the church, a potluck. Uh, it'll be soup, salad, bread, chili, all those type of things. Please stay and join us. We'd love to have you. And then you can go prepare for your Super Bowl party and for eating the things that uh, all of us love at Super Bowls. So just want to remind everybody about that. The announcement went out. There's a sign-up genius. If you'll, if you'll do that, we'll know kind of what to prepare or where we have gaps so we can take care of that to make sure everybody's uh, got something to eat. But please join us next, uh, next Sunday right after worship. Look forward to that. Is this on? I look forward to that uh, chance to eat. Obviously, uh, <laughs> look forward to that. I got a confession to make. Um, uh, we are croc wearing family, so we are a red flag family. Uh, we uh, we do have a couple of announcements. Uh, Marshall reminded me that that uh, this coming Sunday, in addition to Super Sunday, uh, we. Uh, we will have a time where uh, we'll, we'll ask families that have had children, had, had babies in, in year 2022, uh, we'll call uh, them up on stage and have a prayer time of dedication for those families and those, and those children that uh, are part of, uh, a part of those families. So uh, we'll just, just look forward to that. Uh, I do uh, have a prayer request that came that... Uh, for Don Weber, who was uh, taken to the hospital in Joplin, that's Earl Weber's brother, and uh, just want to remember him in our prayers. Uh, if you have not had an opportunity to uh, to give uh, today, we have that opportunity uh, where we can give online, or there are baskets in the Welcome Center if uh, if you uh, would like to give. Uh, let's uh, let's pray, and we'll be dismissed in song. Father, thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to be here uh, today. Uh, we're grateful for, for messages that stretch us. We're grateful for, uh, for, for messages that, that call us to be like you and uh, like your son. And, and uh, Father, we, we pray uh, that we are able to to identify the red flags in our lives and, and uh, address those uh, with humility. Father, we also pray for as we move towards our goal of growth in this body that you, uh, that we move that, that goal of reaching out, connecting and serving outside these walls and that we intentionally move towards those, uh, those areas of growth in our life, Father. Uh, thank you for Jesus. 
thank you for the call to uh, to imitate him, and and we pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. I will stand up, have one more, and then be dismissed. You are holy. You are mighty. You are worthy. Worthy of praise. And I will follow. I will listen. I will listen.